You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode three of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line once again by the editor of the excellent Western League Bulletin. <laughs> it is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, all the better for you calling the Bulletin excellent. Yeah, I'm doing well. <laughs> How about yourself? Well, it's another week in paradise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's, um, but um, yeah, no, we've uh, we've we, we're, we're racking up the games now, aren't we? we? Are. It's, um, you know, it's it's really it does really feel like we have sort of returned to normal in uh, in some respects. Yes. Now, I had a wonderful, um, uh, I had a very entertaining weekend, um, which started off at um, Stourhead, a, uh, a national trust property that I can I can highly recommend. In the middle. There was the Devizes Sherbourne game, which I believe we will be covering on this e- on this episode of the podcast. And then in the evening, I watched the British and Irish Lions oh. uh, against South Africa. And so, less said about that, the better. Well, quite. I mean, yes, it said it started well, and it and you know, it, my my day deteriorated yes. quite rapidly, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but never mind. Other than that, mm-hmm. you know, it was nice. How about yourself? Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, I've been gorging on the Olympics for a couple of weeks, so. Kind of looking at looking at you know looking at the walls now, thinking what to do over the days because obviously it's taken up quite a lot of time. But yeah, uh, similar to you, yeah. Um, went to went to London on on the weekend as well. Um, played golf for the first time, which was interesting. But plenty of football to to come back and and write a, and chat about, which is good. Yeah, excellent. We've got plenty of football to talk about on this week's podcast. Mm. Two excellent guests, as always. We welcome Dave Pierce, the manager of Bridgewater, onto this week's episode of the podcast and we also hear from john bowers the chairman of sherborne town as uh, as well hopefully won't be gloating too much on the um <laughs> on the result from the weekend because he did that quite a lot in the bar after the game <laughs> anyway we won't be i wish we'll you get... recorded that <laughs> yeah well i'm glad i didn't because I, <laughs> I was in a mood um the um uh, we're, we're going to kick things off, though, Tom, with a bit of a roundup because we had some interesting midweek mm. fixtures, didn't we, this week? And um, I think you're going to sort of give us the uh, the lowdown on some of the more interesting highlights from the Western <laughs> League starting in midweek. Yeah, as you as you kind of mentioned, we're racking up the games, so it's you know sometimes we we um yeah miss out on things that happen in the midweeks. It's yeah you know, they're not not as recent a news as you say. So uh, yeah, looking back about a week ago now, but um yeah. Couple of couple of standout performances and, and team results. Uh, Shepton Mallet backing up their uh, opening day win uh, with another uh, high-scoring uh, performance. I think they beat uh, it was Bridport seven nil. Uh, a couple of goals each for David Wagula and uh, substitute Joe Morgan. So that was a good good result for them. <clears throat> uh, Buckland another side in in, in strong form. Uh, they put six past Wellington uh, with a hat trick from Nathan Cooper. So that was another. The big win in, in the Prem, and there was also a bit of a local derby. Uh, Bragging rights going to Canesham uh, following a, a 3 0 win over Brislington. Uh, and then down in the first division, I think Bishop Sutton, who we probably will get to later, I think uh, they were they were big winners. Uh, a 4 1 win uh, away at Porter's head for them with four different scorers. So, uh, yeah, yeah, some good performances in the midweek, which I think, uh, yeah, sometimes worth worth noting, and we, we maybe miss out on. So, yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, we'll move from the Western League into the FA Cup extra preliminary round. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it would be fair to summarise this weekend's results as not a particularly spectacular success mm-hmm. for the Toolstation mm-hmm. Western League. But there were some notable um, results. And we kick off at AFC St. Allstall, where the visitors were Tavistock. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Tavistock, one of our 
one of our victors this weekend. Uh, they twice came from behind uh, to win at win at St Austell, uh by three goals to two. Um, yeah, going behind early, but uh, yeah, they managed to get back on level terms through Warren Door. Um, but then just towards the end of the first, I think it was, yeah, St Austell went back in front. So uh, a bit of a bit of an uphill climb uh, over the second half for Tavistock, but they managed to managed to pull off the victory. It was Tegan Rosenquist. Um, oh, he, what a name! Amazing name. I always <laughs> like it when he pops up with a goal. Uh, he scored their second equaliser uh, at the beginning of the second half, so that gave them gave them the perfect Phillips to push on, uh, and they did just that. And it was Liam Prin uh, scoring nine minutes from time, uh, yeah, to to book Tavistock's uh, route through to the next round. Now Bridgewater, they also had a, um, a, a an away day, and it was an eventful one at Brixham. Yeah, um, eventually coming out on top, uh, a two-one win for them. Uh, it took a yeah, I think there was a, a delay to this game, wasn't there, and and, and all sorts of stuff going on, but. Uh, uh, yeah, 2-1 win. Um, there was a, an early penalty for the host, but they, they ballooned that over the bar, fortunately, for Bridgewater. Uh, and then Jake Llewellyn uh, made no, no such mistake from the, the spot. I think he's pretty reliable uh, from 12 yards out. And, uh, yeah, so he put them in front, um, giving them a half-time lead. George King uh, then doubling their uh, their advantage, and they managed to hold on, uh, despite the home side uh, getting a late consolation. So a, a good away win uh, also for Bridgewater. Uh, an eventful game there on mm. and off the pitch. Uh, and that was really where I picked things up with um, uh, with Dave Pierce. Of course, we always seem to talk to Dave Pierce just ahead of a game against Tavistock. And this week <laughs> is absolutely no different. But we started off by talking about that eventful visit uh, to Brixham. They were a very good side. Uh, again, we went into the sort of the unknown, really. We've done a bit of homework, but um, give a lot of credit to them. They they come at us from minute one. You know, it didn't help that we um, were, we didn't get there because of traffic till 20 to 3. Luckily, the referee delayed kickoff till half past three. Uh, but I've got to give, you know, Brixton some credit. They really come at us straight away, very direct, very um, attacking and causing us all sorts of problems. And um, it was a bit of, I think the first half was a bit of chaos, to be honest. Um, it was so frantic. And, uh, but yeah, we got the job done in the end. Um and we're into the next round. So I, I understand that for a brief period you were down to you, you were down to seven outfield players. Is that correct? Uh, I think it was eight. I think we had one sent off, one sin binned, and one was off injured at the time. So that's probably where I give my lads credit. They really dug in, and yeah, we were under a lot of pressure for that period, but we dug in and. Yeah, it didn't give them anything in the second half, and especially for that sort of ten-minute period where we sort of had nine and then eight. Um, we <laughs> we just stuck at it and didn't give them anything, and uh, it got us through, got us through, and and got us the win. Because I mean, you can't have known a great deal about Brixham before the game, and I suppose with the disruption that you'd face getting down there, they they, they must have fancied an upset. Yeah, as I said, uh, they they were very direct. They put us under a lot of pressure. A lot of they tried to turn us around all the time, and uh, they got in behind. I think they missed a penalty after literally one minute, um, and you know, that sort of was a bit of luck for us. And then uh, Jake Viney's made a couple of good saves, um, but you know we we had chance to ourselves, but. Um, I think it's a tight pitch, one of the narrowest pitches I think I've seen for for a long, long time. Um, but we stuck at it. We just stuck together, rode every storm that that came our way, and um, as I said, we, we got the goals at lucky times um, and got us through. 
Because it's not been the easiest of starts for you this this season, is it? I mean, there was you know defeat at home to to Buckland and then the draw with Bitten. So I suppose that result against Brick, Brixham, albeit it, you know it was in the FA Cup, it's even more important, is it, that it gives you confidence going into the next game? Yeah, uh, I've got to give Buckland credit. You know they they came to us and um, they they deserve to win. There's no question about that. They they have more energy. They they wanted it more. Um, I think a few of our players were still. Um, I think there's a lot there's so much going on at the football club at the moment I think some players focus may have been off it um, and then we came against Bitten who you know one of the favourites I'd say with the players they've signed and the players they have already um, but we felt that that was a, even though it was a draw we felt like we won the game um, because of the way we played the second half uh, we, were, we were excellent um, so we're getting a win we finally got the win and hopefully we can take that momentum into into this week when we get to Tavistock and, and onward into further games. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier for you, does it? And I mean, I, I, there's a sense of deja vu about Tavistock. I can remember speaking to you twice, I think it was, you know, at the end of last season when you were still in the Vars and obviously the Les Phillips. So, you know, whereas we were talking about Brixham earlier, of course a club that you don't really know anything about, I mean, Tavistock, I imagine they're a club that you know an awful lot about. Well, you could say that, but you know, I know they've lost a few players. They signed new players, um, you know, so it might be a different type of stock. You know, they lost uh, Jack Crago and a few others, so it might be a different type of stock. But you know, we want to play against the better teams. You know, we seem to play better against the better teams as well. You know, so we want to test ourselves against everybody and just to see where we are. But you know, as you said, we played Bitter and we played Buckland, and, and now we've got to have a stock. It has been a tough start, but hopefully Friday we can get a result and um, you know. Just, Get a few more points on the board early on in the league. Let's let's look back on on the your, the pre-season that you've just mm-hmm. you've just had. I mean, th- I know there have been some sort of COVID complications across um, well across football, let alone non-league football. So, I mean, how how did how were your preparations? Were you happy with the state of your side going into this season? I wasn't. Well, you know, back um, if you look back to last season, yeah, we didn't have any time off. You know, we because of the Les Phillips and the, the way the league wanted to play the final. You know, we had to train all through May, and normally the season is finished by then. So we we've only had like four weeks off. Uh, I know that doesn't compare with everyone having sort of some teams haven't done anything for six months. Uh, and the first couple of sessions, I was thinking, God, we're flat. You know, we look like we hadn't had time off. Um, and then we went to Biddeford. And we, we we literally had six, seven under 18s in the squad because people were unavailable. Um, I think we had a couple of COVID things, and um, but and then we played Weymouth, and all of a sudden the, that bit of a game, Weymouth game, we just kicked on. It looked like we got our second wind, and um, you know we we tested ourselves against you know Biddeford, Weymouth, Barnstable, um, and I was happy. I was happy, really happy. Um, didn't we didn't follow that on against Buckland, which was disappointing, but. We sort of got back to that form against Bitten, and um, yeah, hopefully we can just kick on now. But I did. I was worried, you know, a month off isn't long. You, know, you do need six, seven weeks off away from it. Um, but you know, that's the way it was, and I've got to give credit to the players. They've they've come through it all right. I mean, talking about the players, have you been able to bring any new faces in in pre-season? Are there any um, names that the fans need to be listening out for? Well, well, we were, we were quite lucky because um, we were training through sort of April and May. We, you know, we uh, George King, Tom Llewellyn, 
Jake Spence, uh, Harry Horton come back. Um, we're all training sort of towards the end of last season. They wanted to come down and have a look. Um, the expectation of Bridgewater now, everyone thinks, because we've got all this new stuff going on, everyone thinks, oh, Bridgewater, they've got this massive budget, you know, we're going to go and win the league and walk it. And, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, we, we've got a sort of two, three-year plan of where we want to be. Um, and that's being realistic. Um, yeah, everyone thinks Bridgewater now are going to go and walk through the leagues and uh, it's not that easy it's not that simple but you know no, I think um, the lads we brought in have done a real good job so far and hopefully you know they kick on and get us higher up the league and toward the promotion places and it's certainly it's been easy to, to get distracted by the noise around your club and I know there's some very exciting announcements that have been made about the, the d- developments to the ground so I mean it sounds like realistically you, you you know you know that there's a bit of a target on your back I mean how do you do you, do you like that would you are you happy for it to be there yeah I, I don't I personally I don't mind that um, you know it makes you feel that you're that people want to come and beat you and I've said that to them in the first team so you know people want to come here and win they want to come here and beat you. They've seen all the, the new things that are going on, on the ground, reading about what's happening in the football club. Um, and it is a big... Yeah, I've got to give, you know, the new owners have done an unbelievable job so far. You know, they really have. Um, the things that are going on. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good to have a target on your back, but the players have got to... They've got to up their game. Uh, so they've got to up their game 10 20% now from what you usually have because people want to come down here and um, they look at you as the big boys in the league and they, and they want to beat you. So... Every game we've got, we got to compete and we've got to be that little bit much better. Um, and hopefully we will be. So have you been set any targets for this season? Uh, well, we just set ourselves, you know, finish as close as the promotion places as possible. You know, there's so many good teams in that league. Um, you know, it's probably, what, eight, nine, I think, it could probably could probably be up there. Um, we've just got to concentrate on ourselves, I think, and try and finish as close as we can to that top two, top three position. But, you know, you've got you got your Bittens, you've got your, you got your Exmus, Tavistock, you know, you've got Soltash now, Malzal, you know, I mean, that's just a handful, you know, and Shepton Mallet started really well, Buckland are always going to be up there. So it's just going to come down to who's more consistent and hopefully we're the ones that will be. And my thanks to Dave for his time. Now, moving on to an all-tool station uh, Western League affair between two powerhouses of Devon football, Buckland Athletic and Exmouth Town. A very healthy crowd saw this one. Who came out on top, Tom? It was Exmouth, uh, eventually, yeah. So uh, they struck a, a pretty late winner, um, similar to similar to Tavistock in their, their tie. Uh, so, yeah, it was Exmouth who ran out 2-1 winners uh, away at Buckland. Uh, Ace High putting them in front uh, in the 26th minute before uh, Nathan Cooper, who obviously we mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago, uh, the midweek hat-trick hero, uh, he made an instant impact. He came off the bench uh, for Buckland this one, uh, scoring with his first touch. So uh, that made it one all. Uh, but yeah, then with uh, 20 minutes left on the clock, uh, it was um, yeah James Richards. Uh, that's who it was scoring 20 minutes from time, as I say. Uh, yeah, to 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 give the Exmouth the the win and uh, yeah score the all important third uh, third goal of the game. Now our next featured game is another Tool Station Western League uh, affair, um, featuring. New boys, Ilfracombe Town, and um, one of our more long-serving clubs, Wellington. It was a seven-goal thriller, Tom. Who came out on top? It was Ilfracombe eventually. It was, yeah, this was uh, probably the, the, the tie of the round uh, in terms of uh, back-and-forth action. A pair of brothers got on the score sheet uh, for Wellington during the first half. That was Miles and Jake Quick. Um, they both scored, uh, but it was Joe Barker. Uh, he was the man for, for Ilfracombe. He scored twice in the 
in the opening period himself, uh, making it two all at the break. So that was an entertaining opening opening half. Uh, Sam Towler then scoring from the penalty spot to put Wellington three two up, uh, putting them on course for a pretty uh, pretty 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 solid away victory. But it was Ilfra Coombe who pushed on. Goals in the final quarter from Jack Jenkins and then Kevin Squire. Uh, they stormed home and yeah, claimed the four three win and unfortunately knocked uh, knocked Wellington out of the first hurdle. And our final feature game is the Cornish Derby between Mousel and Helston Athletic. These two sides, we've been eagerly um, looking to see how they're going to get on this uh, this season. Neither have disappointed so far, but there could only be one winner, Tom. Yeah, massive crowd uh, down at Mousel for this one. It was, uh, yeah, home, home fans would have gone home happy. A 3-1 win uh, over Helston. Uh, Hayden Turner, he was the main man for them. He scored twice uh, in, in what turned out to be a 3-1 victory. So uh, Mousel through to the... The, uh, the preliminary round. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Tool Station. With over 300 branches, there's always a tool station near you. Excellent. Now, we'll turn our attention to the first division. And our first feature game uh, involves um, Bishop Sutton against new boys, Titherington Rocks. And, um, well, I know we know that Titherington had a good result on the opening um, weekend of the season, Tom. But um, it looks like that, uh, that good form um, was short-lived. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, coming up against uh, one of the... Uh, yeah, one of the... This season's fast start was Bishop Sutton, a 4-1 win uh, for them on Saturday, backing up the, uh, the impressive victory we mentioned uh, from their midweek game as well. So, uh, yeah, a pretty pretty solid start for, for Sutton. Uh, a 4-1 win, making it seven points from a possible nine. Uh, so, yeah, they'll be happy with, with how things are going. Leading by three at the break. So, they uh, yeah, they really um, really made a fast start in this one. Sol Shearer, Liam Villis and Oakland Buck all scoring uh, in the opening half to put them in complete control. Uh, the Rocks did manage to, to get on the score sheet early in the second half thanks to a penalty from Daly, Bailey Croom. Uh, but it was certain, yeah, they managed to, to eke out the, uh, the, their fourth goal. It was Buck scoring a second, 10 minutes from time. Uh, yeah, preser- preserving a victory and, uh, yeah, putting them yeah putting them in a, a solid position after three games. Now, from Bishop Sutton, we go to Bishop's Lydiard, where the visitors were high-flying Welton Rovers. Could the Green Army keep their <laughs> impressive... Um, early season form going, Tom. Absolutely. Now uh, they did score, yeah, twice in the the final 20 minutes to close out this one. So it wasn't uh, all plain sailing, but it is Welton who, yeah, continue their hot streak to to start the season. Um, yeah, obviously, a couple of other victories, and it looked like they carried their comp- the confidence from that into this one. James Bachelor scoring after just three minutes to to put them in front away at Lydiard. Uh, but the uh, yeah, the home side did manage to to get back on level terms, and it was Doug Camillo slotting home uh, to make it one all. Uh, early in the second half, uh, but it was uh, yeah, as I say, Welton pushing on uh, over the final final 20 minutes or so. Uh, Jake Slocum, uh, he managed to to fire home a sensational free kick, uh, restoring their lead uh, before he then added another in stoppage time. So he's now got four goals already this season. Looks like a yeah, looks like one of the uh, the, the the top goal getters potentially this season. So a fast start for Slocum and a brilliant start for for Welton. Absolutely. 
And uh, well, it was. Uh, it's it's rapidly turning into a difficult start for Devizes. Um, two good draws and uh, the first home game of the season. 102 saw this, the second highest crowd in the first division. The only bigger crowd was just down the road in Warminster Town, but 102 then at Nurstead Road. I was one of them, and um, well, wasn't a good day for me, was it, Tom? I don't believe so. No. Um, yeah, I know you're. Uh, you've got. Um, yeah, you're fond of from the devices, but a, a 6-1 loss uh, for them at home to Sherbourne. Um, yeah, first half brace from uh, Sam Farthing uh, and also a goal from Alex Murphy, uh, putting the Zebras in, in complete control, really. A comfortable three-goal lead uh, at the interval. Uh, Reese Tamlash, Tamlash uh, pulling a goal back for Devizes, um, you know, to try and try and get them going, uh, but uh, it wasn't to be. Uh, Murphy scored a second, uh, and then there's also goals from Ollie Hebbard and a known goal. A uh, bit of a, a bit of a one-sided affair, unfortunately. So yeah, Sherborne uh, running out six-one winners away at Devizes. Yes. Well, when Telmarsh scored, I did dare to dream, but um, unfortunately that dream didn't last very long. Um, rather, rather disappointing day at the office. It would be fair mm. to say. Hopefully they'll put things right in their uh, in their next game, where they've uh, they've got the small matter of playing early league leaders, Welton Rovers. So mm. uh, let's just hope things um, don't go from bad to worse. But anyway, you're not going to hear me moaning about the con- the customary um, devices performance. I thought much better to get the uh, the thoughts of the chairman of Sherbourne Town, um, John Bowers. And, um, well, Sherbourne have played 2-1-2. Two, two. They've scored both. They've scored six in uh, in both. So this football game isn't too difficult, is it, John? It's nice to see your team get off a good start, I must admit. I'm not getting too excited. It's very, very, very early days of the season. Come back at Christmas and talk to them about where we are in the league then. Um, last season, for what there was of it, we played, we got off to a very slow start. And I know that played on the on the manager's mind. He tried to get in a hefty number of friendlies, which we struggled with because we had some pull-out and the, the COVID thing appeared. And so we didn't get so many friendlies we wanted. But yeah, we, we, we started well. Um, manager just refused to discuss anything really past the next game, which is right, really. We'll take a game at a time at the moment and um, uh, evaluate eight things when we're close to Christmas. So, yeah, we're excited and, and going forward, great start. Now, of course, you and I had a conversation on, on Saturday afternoon, which I've now recovered from, although I, I don't think I've quite managed to dry out yet. But um, I have to say that on the day, your boys look ruthlessly efficient. I couldn't disagree with that. I think what Wayne's got in this season uh, is depth of squad. Uh, he's got cover in all positions, um, which is great. Uh, and he's brought in a couple of younger lads that, that could give energy and enthusiasm uh, to the team. Uh, and I must admit, uh, in my, this is my sixth season as chairman. Uh, I've never, I've not seen us look so aggressive attacking. You know, aggressive probably not the correct word to use, but going forward, we we look good. Uh, and nothing frightens a defender more than someone running at them in and around the box or down the wing. And that's what we seem to be doing. So um, we're hoping we can carry on and, and, and not only continue our winning ways, but entertain and, and play good football. We don't be negative. Or, name any names but there's a few teams that we played over the last few seasons it's a long ball down the middle and run like hell and it works it's a must admit but we, we want to be a football inside and that's what Wayne's trying to instill in the side he needs to keep that squad together and we've got a strong reserve team as well so today everything looks great and you know two wins which we're very pleased with the way we're playing football we're very pleased with the depth of squad we've got we're very pleased with so um, long may it continue 
I mean, you talk there about a couple of additions, some of those younger players, but largely, is it the same squad that you've been building over the last couple of seasons? Have you kept that core together? Most definitely. I think we've lost two players. I think the goalkeeper uh, went uh, because he wanted to play closer to home. He was travelling. Uh, but the goalkeeper that was there previously has come back and looks fitter than he did before, which is good, but he was picking the league the season before last. Um, we lost a midfield player. Um, you know, some of them don't want to commit to the travelling. Um, I think uh, probably a couple others as well. Fringe players, I would call them, not been rude to them. So we kept the core of the team that really been there for, for four or five years. But the additions are young players, and that's where we've got to look at our uh, young players coming through. Uh, and as I said, the word I use is enthusiasm, and that's what I see that they're bringing to the team. You know, that they look enthusiastic, they can't wait to get going. And um, not disappointed over two games, but like I said, it's a long, long, long way to go. I mean, the last time I spoke to you, you know, we, we were we were in lockdown at the time, and um, you know, we were speculating what non-league football would look like when we came out of the pandemic. Uh, you know, we've thought about the impact it might have on our gates. We've also thought about the impact it might have on players. I mean, what are you seeing at the start of this season and in pre-season? You know, I mean, our, uh, players are making themselves available. Players are coming back to the club. And what what about your gates? What what's your support been like? Gate was. Um... We averaged 100 uh, a game in the season that we played last year. We had 150-odd at our first home game. And we've only played one home game. Um, so that, that's encouraging. Um, we, 100, 100, I think we're capable of well over 100 on a regular basis. Of course, holidays fall into this category this time of year. So you've got people that aren't coming because they're away. Um, on the player front, I was always a bit worried that maybe players will get used to not playing football, not want to play football on a Saturday. And I don't think that's the case in the main. I think it's had the, well, certainly where we're concerned, the opposite effect where players want to be playing. They can't wait to play because they miss it so much. Uh, although I don't play, and I never did play very much football because I wasn't very good, but I've missed it. And, and I feel the players have missed it. And it shows you know, their enthusiasm. I keep using that word enthusiasm, but they are. And, and I think they've missed the game, as I've missed it. You know, I was like, that first league game, it was like Christmas, you know, Christmas morning, open, open my presents. It was exciting. Um, because I want to be back, you know, doing the whole thing on a, on a home game, talking to the officials, you know, talking to the players. It's, it, it, I've missed it. It's been a, a long haul. Um, so I think it's, it's had the, a, a good effect uh, and the fact that people are, are um, starved to their football and, and they want to get back at it. And that, that's what I see, I'm glad to say. Yeah, we're all pleased to see it back. And I think on a positive light, it does look like the vaccine is working, um, if we look at the numbers, for the moment at least, anyway. So um, when we look ahead to the season, um, we've got our sort of twin concerns. We've got, you know, the potential of another flare-up with the virus. And, of course, we've got the one thing that we haven't been able to talk about for the last year, and that's the impact of the weather. Which one of those two things is worrying you more at the moment? I'm concerned for them both. You know, the, the weather is, does appear to be changing. Um, fortunately, we spent some money on our pitch and it, it, it should hold up. Fingers crossed if it's, the weather is not too adverse. I do worry about, I worry about fixture congestion. Uh, I take my hat off to the league because at least they're trying to have a go and get early games in and, and they're asking teams to try and have a plan B of some description where they've got a backup ground they can play on. Not quite so easy as it sounds. Um We've actually managed to find a plan B or find another ground that we can play on uh, if, if it comes to it. But this is the problem. People are not can't find the grounds to make their B plan work. So the league are aware of the, the fixture programme, uh, fixture congestion possibly at the end of the season. As for COVID, well, 
I, I don't know. You know, I, 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 I was, I've always tried to be upbeat and positive about the future. I, I try to my glass is half full, not half empty, and and I'd like to think we can get through certainly the best better part of the season uh, without COVID affecting it too much. I, I don't honestly know. I fear both of them that the you know could have an impact and it could be out of our hands. Um, whether lockdown will come again, I, I, I hope not. Even to me, you know, I'm, I'm concerned in even amounts about COVID and about the weather. There's always something to worry about at football anyway. Um, and this just shuts something else into the, the scenario of where we're going to go. I think we will run into fixture congestion, but there's nothing to do with that. It's how you handle it. Let's get as many games as we get away while the weather's here. You know, I say while the weather's here, we've had a lot of rain for August. Um, but, you know, get our, our midweek games in and hopefully we can get a head start early start of the season as well. We're not in the FA Cup. We do want a cup run, obviously, especially in the vows. Um, but that gives you a headache later in the season if you have a bit of a run with fixtures again. So, you know, today I'm quite confident that we'll, we'll get the best part of the season played one way or another. I mean, you mentioned you're a man who likes to have his glass half full. So for, for you as chairman, what would be a good season this season for Sherbourne Town? I think the, the, the finish in the, in the top quarter, really, um, you know, I always people say, "What is success for for Sherborne Town?" And, and success isn't necessarily winning everything or or, or being promoted. We we want to be a, a competitive side that people possibly don't look forward to coming to Sherborne for football and reasons. Hope they look forward to coming there for other reasons. Um, and a cup run. You know, we, we financially, you know, just to get a run in the vows. Last year in the FA Cup, not this season because the criteria has changed for qualifying. Um, so that, that, that's frustrating. You know, another little avenue of money that's taken away, or possibility of money taken away. So I would say that let's have a push to get in the top three and be in and around there at the end of the season. That would be successful. Uh, a cut run, that would be successful. Um, and that's as far as I go, really, today. You know, I, I, I go back and I don't want to repeat what I always, always say, but, you know, I, I thought when I came as chairman that it could be all our problems could be sorted out fairly rapidly and, and clubs like Sherborne, I'm sure other clubs listen to this will say exactly the same everything moves so painfully slowly at a football club um, not necessarily on the playing front but I mean uh, you know on getting stuff done around the club or or making sure you've got a good committee getting someone to, to run the food and the tea bar on match days all these things take time to get the right people in place uh, and I repeat little phrases and I repeat words a lot you know we have to have and we have got a good team off the pitch to keep a good team on the pitch. We need that. They come hand in hand. Um, and maybe good's not doing quite uh, enough credit. You know, a great team off the pitch to keep a great team on the pitch. Um, and that's what, that's what we're striving for. Uh, so as far as Sherborne's concerned, um, although it's all moving very slowly, I'm not the most patient of people, we are moving forward. Whatever you call success, well... Again, like I said, how depends how you mark success. Uh, we're, we're never going to win the Premier League, that's for sure. Um, you never know. You know that that will, that will be our goal to go out and get promoted and win that league. That that will be the goal. Wouldn't that? But whether we ever get into that, I very much doubt it. But you know, I've, I'm happy where we are with the club. Very happy indeed. Albeit taking a long time. So I mean, you know, if opportunity did knock, and you were given the opportunity to um, to to go out to the Premier Division. From a chairman's point of view, obviously, from the fans' point of view, it'd be very exciting. I know the players want to test themselves at the higher level, but I mean, financially, would it concern you at all um, if if promotion was on the cards? I think the only side of financially would would um, 
concern it wouldn't concern me because we wouldn't do it is it we're not a wealthy club um we when i went there as chairman we were losing money we are um with a couple defunct seasons that we never finished we 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 made a small profit um so we're not going to be paying our players mega money that's for sure we're not going to try and compete with those people. we can't do it we're not going to do it the club has to be self-sufficient and that's number one to be self-sufficient if we went up then we'd, we'd, we'd take it as a challenge you know and um the squad and the nucleus of players that we've got i think we could be in a position to hold our own if we went up. It wouldn't be easy. Uh, I only had one season as chairman in, in the Premier Division, and we were relegated. And there is a big, quite a big step up, uh, more physical, more challenging, bigger, bigger blocks. You've got to Bristol in three bigger people in Bristol. I don't know where they come from. Um, yeah, if we get promoted, we, we, we take it, and, and you know, we, we, the challenge is there. I, I, I certainly wouldn't worry about it financially because we wouldn't try and. We wouldn't try and compete with anybody financially. It'd be a ridiculous scenario to do. There's no good, you know. We're not going to pour money down the, uh, say down the drain. We're not going to throw money at the club. We haven't got the money to throw. Um, and it's very important to me that the club is self-sufficient, uh, and it will be self-sufficient. It is self-sufficient, and we'll continue on that vein. If we make a start to make a bit of a profit, then we'll reassess things to make the club a better club. But on the playing front, it's not about money with our lads. I don't think I'm pretty. I'm 100 percent sure it's not about money. You know, Wayne told me once not one player's ever come there and said, what's the wages? Um, they come there and look at the club and assess what we've got and how, what they're going to be play, where they're going to be playing, the surroundings they're playing, and, and the nucleus of the club is built on the fact that, that that we're a team. You know, the whole lot of us are a team together. And, and, and After a game, it's very important to me that players come in the clubhouse after. We don't want these players to get in the car and go on. You know, come and have a drink, have a chat. It's about... Making friends, really, I suppose, and being, being like a family unit. That doesn't sound too corny. No, not at all. Um, well, you've done a wonderful job selling the club off the pitch. Let's finish this interview by looking at your um, next games on the pitch. Wells up next, and then it's Warminster. Those are going to be two tough tests for you, aren't they? I, I look at, I look down that fixtures. I can't see an easy game coming, to be honest with you. Um, Wales have been a bit of a bogey team to us. I don't think we've beaten them um, since I've been at the club. So uh, last year they were very strong. I got a feeling we played them first game of the season. They came down and, and beat us. I, I got something like four one or four nil. Um, and then we went. We were on a bit of a run, and we went to Wales, and all thought we were going to go down there and, and show them what we can play like. And we just never turned up on the day, and we lost again. So we do owe them one, um, and they were a strong side, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, so. I'm not too concerned, you know, the way we've been playing, the, the two games and the football we play, I don't think we should fear anybody. We can give anybody a good run. Um, Warminster, uh, is that, that's away, isn't it, Warminster, next Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Um, I like going to Warminster. I feel they're a similar club to us. Uh, you know, it's, it's strange. They were in a relegation battle a few seasons back as we were, um, and we both somehow managed to stay up, and here we are, you know, talking about tough games, playing one another. Uh I don't know much about Warminster, about their team this year. I do follow them on Twitter. Um, I see that they've you know, made a few signings. So, yeah, it's going to be a hard game. But as I said, we like, I like going to Warminster. It's a, a friendly club. Um, and I like going there with the team we've got. So that's the. I, I'd like to think the other side of this, that we, we will come out with some points. I'm not going to start trying to predict two wins. But um, I know we'll give them a run on the day because I, I really feel, see that we've got the capability to give anybody in our league uh, a, a game on the day. Uh, I also think carrying on from last season to this season's very early days. It seems to me that you know there, there are a lot of strong sides. 
and anyone can beat anyone else on the day. And that seemed to have been the case for a few seasons, really. Um, you know, a couple of sides down the bottom. I mean, Wincam have got to a great start, but they're better than that. They pick up, you know, and we look forward to playing them. And my thanks to John for his time. And the final feature game on this week's podcast involves Hengrove Athletic and they take on Wincanton Town. Yeah, a good day for, for the Grove, their first first victory of the season. Um, a couple of, a couple of well, tough week up to them, but a, a 4-1 win over Wincanton. So that will yeah, give them the, the boost that they need, first three points. Um, yeah, Giorgio Mancini putting them putting them a goal to the good at the interval, uh, but it was a, it was a strong second half showing that that did most of the damage uh, for Hengrove. Uh, Pete Shepherd uh, and also a double from Danny Doddymead, a great name as Ken. Um, yeah, giving them uh, yeah excellent four one win over over Wincanton. So um, yeah, um, signs of signs of improvement for Hengrove. A double from Doddymead. Wow. Yeah, it writes itself, doesn't it? It certainly does. It's a headline writer's dream. Mm. Anyway, um, uh, more bad news, I'm afraid, for Wincanton fans because their next three fixtures have been postponed. The uh, the virus has finally reared its ugly head this season and um, Wincanton's games against Sherbourne, Portishead and Gillingham have all had to be postponed. Their next fixture will be at home to devices of all teams on the 21st of August. So we do hope that everybody at Wincanton um, is uh, well gets well soon, and uh, that you know the positive tests and all the rest of it, um, you know, um, don't don't cause any further problems. Um, so moving on to the fixtures coming up, uh, and would you believe it? We have matches on Friday the thirteenth. What a night that is! Um, Tavistock entertained Bridgewater United, and. Um, uh, of course, those two played each other an awful lot at the end of last season, and now they've decided to play each other again at the mm-hmm. beginning of this. So um, those two sides will know each other well. That's a 7.45 kickoff. And Longwell Green Sports, they entertain Almondsbury as well, and that's in the first division. So that's your, fr- well, your Friday night football on, um, on Friday the 13th. Hopefully nobody will have a horror show, but I'm sure somebody probably will. Um, moving into Saturday the 14th of August, uh, Tom, which, which fixture tickled your fancy there? In the uh, Premier Division, I plumped for Shepton Mallet against Buckland. Uh, so both of those sides currently two from two in the league. So uh, yeah, I suppose you could say fast starts uh, in their, their league action. Um, Buckland obviously uh, suffering suffering a couple of feet on the weekend, so they'll be they'll be wanting to hit back instantly. Uh, Mallet, I think of yeah, they've got a midweek um, uh, replay after drawing nil 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 uh, on Saturday. I think that's against. Yeah, and over New Street, so they'll, they'll, you know, see how they they cope in that one. But yeah, they, they then meet Buckland on on the weekend, and that looks like a pretty juicy fixture, I think. Yeah, absolutely right. I'm going for Clevedon Town against Saltash United. I think it'll be very interesting to see how um, Dane Bunny's boys go against, uh, you know, a very well-oiled machine in Clevedon Town. They've done very well in recent seasons, and we know that they're a seasoned Western League outfit. So I think it will be a really, you know, the result there will be a really interesting indication for either side as to how they're going to go this season. And um, if we move down into the first division then, Tom, which game have you chosen to highlight there? Again, I've plumped for a couple of unbeaten sides going up against each other. We've got Warminster, uh, strong side at home, aren't they? Uh, they take on AEK Bocco, one of our new teams. So, uh, yeah, maybe 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 less known about them at the moment. So uh, a, a trip to Warminster and we'll see how they, they cope on the weekend. Uh, now, 
if I was going for the eye-catching fixture, I would probably say Sherbourne Town against Wales City. I think these are two sides with very strong pedigree in the first division, two sides that we could expect to see there or thereabouts at the end of the season. I, I may There may be an element of the commentator's curse there. I may have mm-hmm. cursed one of them, but uh, certainly probably. in recent <laughs> seasons, they've gone both of them very well. And, of course, two sides that aren't a million miles away from each other, so it'd be quite an interesting um, game to see, and hopefully they'll get a good crowd for that. If, if I was a sensible person, then I'd be going for that, but I'm not a sensible person, so I'm going to be at Devizes Town against Cheddar, and um, and that's the one I'm going to pick because I'm desperately hoping that Devizes can finally get that first win of the season. They may get it in midweek against Welton Rovers. Who who can say? You never but, know. Um, yeah, one thing I can say is actually, if they do, we won't be talking about it on next week's <laughs> podcast because um, we're not having one. Okay. Now, there you go. You know, this is the Bob Cratchit moment, Tom. Because you get the week off. Because oh, um, I'm, off, I'm off on the Knockholds family holiday to Grimsby. Lovely. Of all, of all places, for some fish and chips. So I was going to say, I'm, plenty of fish up there. So that'd be nice. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, well, we, we, we found that the, sort of the west of England was, uh, was booked out. Um, so, um, um, you know, so we've, we've, we've looked elsewhere, but that does mean that I should be hanging up the microphone next week. And Tom, that means you get a, you get a week off, but of course you won't be getting a week off the bulletin, will you? We've been reviewing the, the excellent bulletin. The bulletin appears in the same place every week. So whether you're looking at this week's or next week's, Tom, where do you find it? You find it on the, uh, yeah, on the Toolstation, uh, Western League website. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's about halfway down. Uh, there's a, there's a. A tab that takes you to to the latest edition, and then if you scroll on a little bit further, it's always in the sort of latest news section as well. Uh, and you can download that as a, a Word or a PDF uh, document, as well as yeah, in the snazzy snazzy format that, that, that's put together by, by on, on the website. Excellent, um, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Welcome. And um, well, I, I won't be looking forward to speaking to you on next week's Western League podcast, but I do look forward to speaking to you on the podcast after that.